Hey humans, welcome to Palin Around, the official Uppercut podcast. Here we'll be focusing on video games, fandom, pop culture, and how they all interact through the internet. My name is Caitlin, and joining me as always is one half, the primary half, of the Curse Mark Ruffalo fan club, one Jessica Cogswell. Hi everybody! And also with us for her for her round two of Palin Around Exposure is ding, lovely ding, ding, ding. Uh, Kayla Joette. <laughs> Hello, it's me again. <laughs> <laughs> Kayla, you already sound bored. No, it's not a you bore. Can't. It's just a, it's like a hello. I'm here. <laughs> it's, just, it's me again. <laughs> I just oh, hope wow. I'm not boring other people as, you know. Kayla, you could not possibly bore me. Thank you so much. <laughs> You you are excitement, you are joy, you are beauty, and I'm happy you are here. I need more people like you in my life, honestly, just like giving me the pep talks <laughs> that I need. So thank you for that, Jess. Yeah, of course. I'll just I'll start texting you every single morning. Oh, that's you are beauty, you are joy, you are excitement. We all whatever I said, I a Jessica <laughs> in our lives. It's true. <laughs> that is far too many Jessicas. <laughs> A concerning amount of me. <laughs> that is also true. I do question the um, ethics and safety of that. <laughs> I'm I'm not even worried about like the ethics of it. You know what? You want to clone me? Go ahead. I just don't think that's necessarily good for the world. <laughs> that's the ethics that I'm concerned about. <laughs> that's just too much thirst. Like fuck a clone. I don't care. But is it ethical to have that many Jesses at once? <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you what, like, sometimes I feel pretty stretched thin, so, like, a few would be nice. Just, like, a, but a handful would be that's fine. That's the topic of the yeah. episode, is how many Jesses is a responsible amount of Jesses <laughs> without going too yeah. far? We're actually, yeah, today's episode is all about cloning. <laughs> <laughs> but specifically just Jess. Yes, that's the focus. We'll, we'll maybe go a little bit broader but that's that's definitely the focus uh, it's uh J- jess rassic park oh god oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> okay this actually i have a relevant story to this um so <laughs> what is relevant to this? <laughs> um my freshman year of college <clears throat> i uh was taking a writing as critical thinking course which is just like the gen ed writing course that you have to take um and I, I don't know, on my first paper that I ever turned into this professor, I don't know how I did this, but I turned in the paper with my name spelt Jurassica. <laughs> <laughs> and she, all she did was circled it, and then she was like, you should probably check this. <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, on, on future papers. Um, so, yeah, I was Jurassica in that class for a little bit. <clears throat> It was your destiny all along. Yeah. So, I mean, you saying that really just brought up some <laughs> repressed memories. Good. I'm glad, Good. Yeah, I'm glad that's we were what... able to resurrect Jurassic. <laughs> <laughs> From now on, uh, you may only call me Jurassica. Looks like I got to change your name in my phone again. Again. <laughs> Perfect. Again. This is not the first time, nor will it be the last. <laughs> You have a, a dinosaur emoji in my phone. Hell yeah, baby. Never not on it's brand, a- even when I'm in other people's phones. <laughs> exactly. It's a Caitlyn dinosaur Galizro. Hell yeah. 
That's how it should be in everyone's <laughs> phone. Honestly, yeah. That's what it should you be. You have Caitlyn in your phone. Honestly. Yeah, you you need a dinosaur emoji for sure. Yeah, once PAX is done, I'll change it. <laughs> yeah, we can't wild out before PAX. Like, you gotta calm down just a little bit. You already have stupid and gay on your business card. I think the dinosaur just might be the straw that breaks the camel's back. <laughs> That's going too far. <laughs> just too much. Far too much. Listen, no one can judge hmm. me. The people voted for this. This is democracy in action. <laughs> That's what I should do whenever I make decisions. I should just have a Twitter poll. I mean, I do that a lot anyway, but I should just I should utilize it more. And then that way I never have to take responsibility for anything I do. Just a wild card every time. Like, it's it's up yeah. to the people. Yeah. It's like, should I go into work today? If the people say no, I'm going to give the people what they want. <laughs> Christ. It's the chaotic world of Jess that, like, ends the conclusion where we don't need to clone Jess. Because it's already chaotic yeah. as it is. Like, we should just not do this. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> Within the first five minutes of the podcast, we have already established this is a fucking awful idea. So, yeah, honestly, I don't think um, that any of us should be cloned. I think, I think one is enough. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, maybe Monty. I was gonna say I would like, um, I would like a personal Monty for each of us. Yeah, but because sometimes you just need somebody to go ooh. <laughs> I think clones um, need to go to prison, just like gamers. So. <laughs> Jesus, what a hot take. I don't know if it's that hot. I think clones should go to prison. It's it's not the clones' fault, Kayla. Well, the clonies, the firsts, the firsts should go to prison. Well, it depends on how many. Like, is there six clones of Jess? Because it's like, we can let one go. This is like... But, like, no. Like, they, we have to figure it out. Like, we have to... We can't. No, I'm sorry, Kayla. Kayla, you're leaking the plot of the next David Cage okay, game. Sorry. Stop. <laughs> yeah, we're under embargo, Kayla. <laughs> oh my god. Um, the joke so, there is so now that, that man would ever consider giving us code for anything. <laughs> the bigger joke there is that we'd consider taking a code from that man. That's true. But um. Uh, anyway, okay, so now that cloning is off the table, um, I guess we need a new topic. What should we talk about today, you guys? <sighs> fan fiction. Ooh, Hot, man, that was... sexy fan fiction. That was really good. That just off the top of your head, you thought of that? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to go along with it. Yes. Yeah. I was just thinking, I was reading a really good fan fiction the other day, and I was just like... Yeah damn, I should talk about this on a podcast. Well, there you go. Were you reading good fan fiction? I mean... By by law, you have to tell me. Isn't all fan fiction good fan fiction? No. Absolutely I not. I my immortal fucking no, it's not. In fact, I would say actually quite the contrary is true. <laughs> Most fan fiction is not the greatest, but I still appreciate cursed. it. Like, yes, cursed. That is absolutely the correct word. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's talk about some cursed fanfic, y'all. Let's talk about fandom. Fandom. Let's let's talk about Fire Emblem. Oh yeah. 
I'll let you two take so, it away because my only understanding of their <laughs> memes. Well, but that's like exactly part of, it. That's part of the re- like that's one of the reasons why I got this game. I was never going to get this game until everybody was talking about how horny it was on Twitter, and then I was like, oh well, fuck yeah, I'm going to get this horny ass game. So <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Which the memes are hornier than the game. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. A little bit disappointed um, in how how much less horny the game was than I thought it was going to be. Still satisfied with my ending and the character that I romance because, let's be honest, I cannot say no to a fuckboy. And Sylvain is like the fuckboy of Fire Emblem. And I just He had is, to have absolutely, him. yeah. I had to have him. Um, oh, yeah. What were we talking about? I was just thinking about Sylvain. <laughs> I'm glad you do that too, because that's been my life lately. It's just like mm, Claude, <laughs> just kind of mind, just kind of wanders a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> Not a lot, baby girl, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, anyway, so um, we are talking about uh, fandom, fan fiction, memes, uh, and and basically, this is the um the overarching topic for y'all at home. I, I wrote this in our discords so that we would kind of know what the objective was here. Um, when a game or piece of work transcends what's actually written or created about it by the devs and authors and begins, or <laughs> I can't talk, and fans begin to interact on, I still can't talk, interact with it based on memes, fan fiction, and the culture that has come out of it. Uh, and specifically, we wanted to talk about Fire Emblem because Fire Emblem, I think, has become, I don't know, it's everywhere. It is everywhere. Maybe, am I just like searching for it or is it everywhere? Caitlin, what do you think? Because you're the most removed. Um, yeah, I, I think that Fire Emblem definitely, specifically Three Houses. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely <laughs> has transcended um the original like the game itself like all like mo- at least once a day i'm stumbling upon uh like a like a meme on twitter about it and like mm-hmm. most of my understanding of who those characters are comes from the memes and stuff and like Ginny has sent me multiple like vines but as a fire emblem characters and the only way i'm able to understand them is because like i've seen so much random shit about the characters online that like i still get the jokes Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's, it's it's truly bananas honestly yeah yeah, um, it's not, and honestly, it's not something, and I'm going to say Fire Emblem, and I guess, like, audience just assume that I mean Fire Emblem Three Houses, because that's kind of what I'm talking about here. Um, it's not something that I assumed would happen with Fire Emblem. Like, I didn't think that there would be this, like, I don't know, I'm not going to call it, like, a cultural phenomenon, because it's not, you know, it's not like the next Fortnite or something, you know what I mean? It's not that big. Um, but I just didn't expect, like, a community, I guess, to be formed out of it. I guess the only reason oh, that sure. I'm not surprised is because when they unveiled the houses mechanic of it, people all like lost their shit and were immediately drawing yeah. the Harry Potter comparisons. So mm-hmm. I'm not like, I don't know what it is about like having like factions or like 
<laughs> teams, people just like fucking get really rabid about it. Like, yeah, because like we saw it with Harry Potter, we saw it with Twilight, mm-hmm. which was the worst. Um, <laughs> like we see it with this. I'm trying to think of other, uh, shit, but I would say even stuff like um, like Hunger Games and Divergent mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Maybe to a lesser extent, but like for sure, it's like, oh, what district would you be? Which is like really fucked up because all of them were terrible. Right. <laughs> um, you know, like and then in Divergent, I don't know much about that series, but wasn't there like. There's, like, a certain... There's a system in it. There's a grouping. I believe you. I believe um, you as well. <laughs> I think... I don't know if it's, like, four of them or something like that. There might be more than four, but there... Oh, Andrew says it's four. Um, Andrew, our divergent yeah. correspondent on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me just put, like, my finger over my ear real quick and, and make sure this is coming in okay. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. People get really into that shit. People like order. People like labels and identity and feeling like they belong. I think people also like in games when there's different routes they could take. It's like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like in this case, like, yes, it's like you pick your house and everything, but it's like a total change of the story based on which house you pick. So I think that was also like a, like a thing that people were into. I don't know. I literally knew nothing about this game. Until I saw the memes. So, you know. Yeah. I didn't know anything about it either. And I was playing, I think I was playing, I was playing Destiny with Moises. And um, I was like talking about Fire Emblem and how much I was loving it. And he was like, oh, I can't wait for you to get to the time skip or whatever. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was completely, and then he ended up, he's like, yeah, the time skip. And after you do that, like this happens. And he told me, and I was like, are you serious? Like, I was devastated. He felt so bad. He, like, went quiet. <laughs> he was like, I feel like I just ruined this whole game for you. And I'm like, no, like, I just, he's like, it was in the trailers. I'm like, I just didn't watch. I didn't we know. Didn't know shit like, about this game. <laughs> like, yeah, I went, I went in so blind. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I feel like the other thing that grabs people is, like, like, hyper, like, I don't know if stylized is the right word, but, like, very distinct characters that are like eye catching and interesting. Cause I was thinking yeah. the other ones that we had on our little like brainstorming <laughs> list were like Overwatch and Bioware games, which like there's mm-hmm. like faction choosing to a degree in those games, but it's not, you know, like it's not like a Harry Potter house type situation. Right. Um Yeah. But there are, like, very distinct characters who, like, kind of capture the imagination, and that feels very similar to, like, Fire Emblem. And, um, like, even Harry Potter. Harry Potter to a lesser degree. I mean, like, there are characters that are interesting in that franchise, but I feel like that's, like, the weakest as far as that goes. Um, but yeah, because, like, I'm thinking back to, like, like my my bay morinth and i'm like yeah no as soon as i saw that bitch i was like this bitch yes ready for you and that's yeah just kind of how it feels with it's like seeing people pick fire emblem folks like even was it on camera or, or not on camera We're, we don't record this on camera but was it on mic when kayla was talking about sylvain yeah because that's <laughs> all i heard is people are just like immediately like oh this is my person and i will fight for them mm-hmm. i love them that's exactly mm-hmm. how I feel. No, I mean, I think that that's a lot of, like, for sure, Fire Emblem Three Houses success. Um, I think that absolutely Overwatch is maybe, like, 
the biggest example of this, but like character artists are like what makes these things like they're what drives this culture. They are the ones who are like everybody's obviously putting in work who works on these games. But like I feel like absolutely there's a reason to like the massive success and like they're a lot of it. They're the thing that people, you know, latch on to, I guess. Am I going to yeah. regret going to DeviantArt and looking up Fire Emblem Three Houses art? Probably. You know, Instagram actually, I found actually some pictures of Sylvain on Instagram. I'll, uh, I'll send them your way. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> they're not like, they're not bad. They're just, they're just like cute pictures. They're not, you know, okay. you don't, you don't see Sylvain's dick. Okay, okay. That's what I was like. Oh, shit. What are we getting into? <laughs> no. No, no, no. I'm not sending you dick pics. So have y'all seen any fan fiction on Three Houses yet? Yup. Yeah, I haven't looked, but I'm 0% surprised that it exists. Um, Just in... <laughs> I'm totally ratting myself out here. <clears throat> so just in the explicit section, <laughs> uh, there are 160, the last time I checked, on an archive of our own. I was going to say, are you on AO3 like, right now? Is that just what's happening? Is just uh, no, I can... Page? Let me get on it. Let me get on it. I'll, uh, I'll pull it up. So I hate to be this bitch, but when we were first like talking about this topic and we were talking about like like fandom and like culture you know when we're not talking about video games the number one like psycho fandom that i can think of that i was a part of was the one direction fandom oh and yeah. you were a part of that Ooh, girl we can spill some tea on this another day because i know the listeners do not <laughs> want to hear about my obsession with one direction but it was real and um it's like it's crazy because you see it now with like bts like whenever Mm -hmm. anything's trending on the internet all the bts fans are like on there posting and i don't understand that at all and i there it's probably amazing fun music but i just like whatever but like one direction man we were insane and we the fan fiction that was produced <laughs> for One Direction. I don't know. Do either of y'all watch Euphoria? No. No, I actually uh, haven't okay. yet. Um, the small, not, it's not even a spoiler. There's like a little tidbit where one of the characters like thinks back in time where they created the like most famous fan fiction of Harry Styles and Louis Tomlinson from One Direction, like getting it on. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's so funny because I was like, I was in high school reading the fuck out of that shit. Like, I was shipping it, and I was, like, so into it. And I, like, look back on it, and I was like, why were we like this? Like, why did all of these people get so attached to these things and create these fan fictions? And, like, we went nuts mm-hmm. for it. And it's mm-hmm. it's insane because, well, you, you shared with us the um, the Henry Jenkins fandom theory, right? And I'm just like... At the end, it's talking about there's, like, five steps. There's five levels of fandoms. And at the end, it says there's an alternative social communities. So the fandom offers not so much an escape from reality as an alternative reality. And that was... I was living in an alternative reality. Like... Yeah. It was not okay. (laughs) It really was not okay. You know, and that's something that I kind of wanted to... um 
address with this discussion too because like i think a lot of this is going to be like really lighthearted and us being like oh this is my favorite like i love this character and like you know this is cool and and to a certain extent fandom can be like a really cool thing um and really good for forming communities and creating bonds and i just like i don't know just having like that connection with other people and with something and in that meaning there um but for sure like fandom can be dangerous and and bad um and like i think that once it involves like actual people too um that it gets kind of concerning also just like i know especially for like yeah for different bands and, and like i don't mean this at all like be like kayla like you know i shame on you contributed like, to like <laughs> louis tomlinson getting off of twitter because people were make, like <laughs> i i didn't make the fan fiction right i just read it but like i feel like i directly contributed to these people being like embarrassed in a way that like people were sharing all these like things about them like i don't know it's just like it's crazy this is like a thing and you know i was in high school whatever but uh (laughs) but yeah like we talk about it in games and stuff in which you know whatever but then again like people who make these games and stuff like i don't i don't know it's there's this like fine line of like a little too much with the fanfic but people also are just having a lot of fun and i don't know so i think you know it's hard because like yeah it's it's somebody's creation so you don't want to like take too much control away and i know some like some devs and and authors are like really you know about like don't bastardize my character don't change what i've done like don't do relationships that i didn't create like um and it's hard too when you think about things like like doctor who or supernatural where it's like actors playing these characters so it's it's even more i mean it's not like as real as like a band or something like that but like there is that kind of layer to it where it's like based on real not based on real people, but like real people play these parts and like would hypothetically be in like these like pieces of art and like situations, you know what I right. mean? Um Yeah. I know what you mean about like I feel like bands for me is, is like the most concerning for sure. That's I've seen a lot of like different people on Twitter who kinda go down that rabbit hole and it's it's a little bit scary and I feel kind of bad for the people who are in bands who like I don't know, get borderline harassed by people thinking they have personal relationships yeah. with them when they don't. Yeah, it's only worse with real people. I've seen it a lot too. Like, I'm not a super big YouTube person, but I've seen just enough to know yeah. that, like, it seems to be a real issue with, like, YouTubers. Yeah. Or, like, even, I think it's a thing with, like, Vine and stuff too, or, like, and TikTok. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, people who, like, will see content creators and, like, ship them and, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just doing it with real people is gross like i think yeah i think like as far as fan fiction and that kind of thing if it's like a fictional property like even with real actors or whatever like i think that's kind of a death of the author situation where like yeah once you put it into the world like people are gonna play with your toys that's just how it is yeah but um but like when it comes to like real people then it's gross and creepy because they're like actual human beings like Mm -hmm. it really is it's like like fictional properties like they like i always talk to riley my friend who made interstitial and it's like yeah like ip and properties and all that stuff really like they're toys they're action figures like yeah and it's art and it's important to the creator and like whatever blah, 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 blah but ultimately like when you put something out into the world like 
it becomes mm-hmm. something that people can fuck around with and make their own stories with and do cool shit with or do bad shit with too but like real people aren't toys and like but they become perceived that way um mm-hmm. which is creepy and gross and bad mm-hmm. yeah i mean and it's what kind of contributes to like how i would say even people who maybe aren't necessarily like celebrity status but people like streamers like how they're treated mm-hmm. um because it's that same sense of like I know you, like, I know your personality, I know what's best for you, like, we're friends, you know, or, like, we have a connection, because, like, you have this idea that you know somebody at a deeper level than you do, Um, and there's almost, like, that entitlement that kind of, like, starts to creep in. Yeah, Um, and I think think where that gets dangerous with the more fictional properties is, like, it's kind of like what we talked about before on that episode that we did with Lilith, of, like, where I was saying, like, is there a word for parasocial relationships that you have with, like, properties instead of people Mm -hmm. and like that's when you Mm -hmm. get into like the people who like like the mass effect 3 ending shit and like yeah star wars even like that's a huge thing like the people who like freaked the fuck out about star wars not being what they wanted it to be not being their star wars you know um this goes into like a whole topic of entitlement like for sure and you think about like and you know so many games like people aren't getting what they want and they're throwing a fit and like i don't know there's so much entitlement talking like it (laughs) i'm sorry we're gonna like completely switch topics from the fandom to talking about how people are shitty and entitled but but i mean it's all all connected it is is, yeah Yeah. that's the thing whenever we do these topics on like fandom because we've kind of touched on this before like um you know like loving different properties and stuff like that we we had an episode about that there's just like so many places you could go and this is such a huge like there could be an entire like podcast series just on the topic of like fandom and entitlement and um fan fiction and culture you know what i mean and like that's kind of what we do we talk about culture so this this all kind of ties in but it's a huge topic um oh but i was just thinking what was that like cute game that like the creators were just getting fucking death threats oh, ooblets. because of ooblets yeah that's yeah that was a thing that just happened like a couple weeks ago right yeah and that wasn't even like a creative decision about the story or something that was literally just they decided to go to fucking epic yeah because god forbid god. they get funding right and so then shitty. like uh recently with respawn did y'all see um like there was like discourse with like some of the respawn devs and or like the community people like talking to players and then they like came out and apologized for it which was like weird because they're like we're sorry for for jumping in but we also like think that basically like people should stop being so entitled but they were also apologizing and it's like don't fucking apologize like yeah stand up for yourself like you're just giving them what they want you know what i mean yeah yeah well yeah we've reached a point where like fans start to bully creators it's super messed up well and it's like there's like a whole i mean like i normally hate that in the internet age but it really is true in this like scenario where now that we have stuff like twitter and shit like it feels like there can be that discourse and that dialogue and then it's a double-edged sword for creators especially like i feel like game dev because they deal with like a lot more there's a lot more people involved in game dev and also like they deal with more PR. I feel like where like if you're an author and you write a book and someone tries talking to you about the characters in your book, like I feel like that's a less loaded interaction 
than like being one of several devs who's talking about the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it gives this there's this double edged sword of like company like the arena net thing where like the company expects you to talk to people and stuff, but on your personal Twitter account, which is in theory your personal shit that you shouldn't have to like worry about being like quote unquote professional on or whatever. And the same thing happened with the respawn devs where they were talking to people on Reddit on their personal Reddit accounts. And like, it just becomes this thing where you're, there's like this expectation of that discourse, which again goes into the entitlement, but it's kind of like a shit show on both sides. Cause if you're expected to do it from a corporate level, but on your personal account, that's all kinds of fucked up and weird. And then if you do talk to people and you say something that's considered to be wrong or that people don't like, then you're fucked too. Right. Yeah, it's definitely a balancing act. It's an, like an unfair balancing act a lot of the time. <clears throat> well, and I don't know if it's so. a good thing. Like, I think there's something yeah. to be said for like, I think a big part of the reason why like games are so shit about this is because they don't like we don't like we don't know that much about game design i don't know shit about game design like i don't know shit and even like even like the cool like writers and scholars i know who do know about game design know it from like a theoretical perspective but not necessarily like the tech right like there was that thing that happened a while ago i think it was the horizon zero dawn devs put out like a vertical slice of their game and we're showing how the the world generation works where like when you're like the world only exists where you look basically um and then someone else was like it it became a whole fucking discourse about whether or not they should have done it because some other guy like dunked on them and was like oh like this is such basic shit why are you even showing this and people were like well people don't know so right like, I do think there's value in talking about that and getting more of that transparency out there. But also, like, I don't know that devs need to fucking talk to people. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know that devs need to be having conversations about, um, I don't know that devs need to be having conversations. And I feel like that sounds fucked up. But, like, if you want to put out a video talking about, like, how you designed a level or whatever, dope. Like, dev diaries, I think, are super cool and all that. But, like, I don't think they need to be talking to customers in that way. Yeah, I think it's it's something that, like, it should be their choice, you know what I mean? Like, right. and if they want to kind of enter into that, I, I guess I get that. Um, I don't know, video games are weird, because, like you said, with, like, other mediums, with making a movie or, or working on, like, writing a book, you kind of make the thing and then walk away. Um, TV shows are slightly different, because, obviously, like, you can have, you know, seasons where fan input might matter, you know? Um, I think that most people kind of have like an idea for what they want, but I would not for a second believe that like TV shows are not at all impacted by like the relationships people see that they like and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, Yeah, Arrow, as Andrew just said. (laughs) Um, But uh, with video games, it's like it's something that's constantly supported and they're a lot more interactive and like, God, you don't see many games that don't have like DLC or some sort of thing that makes it, you know to where the game lives on after creation. So people, I think, feel like this inherent, like, oh, I can shape this. Um, And they interact with devs and people that way, and it's really messed up. I think there's always, like, room for the discourse to, like, this is not saying that, like, like, yeah, 
devs should be able to like make their game do what they want because it's their vision um and like Mm -hmm. not have to make excuses but at the same time like when we think about like destiny 2 uh there's been um luke has been putting out all of these like director cuts that is what he's calling it and it's like big long (laughs) paragraphs and stuff about the game and what's been going on and like the decisions they made but like what they're trying to fix and destiny is one of these games that's like constantly evolving and has had Mm -hmm. so many mistakes happen that they are trying to make it right and to do what they can to cater to the audience but what's Mm -hmm. what's interesting about destiny which i find i mean i'm sure there's some of this that i'm not seeing but i rarely see people like coming at devs with like death threats and being very awful you know where we Mm -hmm. see that happening to so many games and like game devs that like people aren't getting what they want like like petitioning and like there was people being like oh destiny 2 like dead game whatever but for the most part like i feel like the communication with the team and the players has been like super open and super honest and really actually nice Mm -hmm. which is cool because we don't see the the shit end of the stick that a lot of people get but yeah no and absolutely like i don't want anybody to think that i'm advocating for like you should like you know take what a game dev gives you and and shut up and like accept it for what it is and play it or don't play it because that's not how i feel about like i we work all three of us at a site that deals with game criticism like obviously we don't feel that way well, that's <laughs> you know what i, I mean but, to bring up is like i feel yeah incredibly frustrated at the state of things where like these fucking people will cry and scream about stupid garbage that doesn't actually mean anything but then the second Mm -hmm. anybody does like any actual criticism you get all kinds of bullshit and like literally after i posted that overwatch thing we had like six people make accounts on the site just so that they could comment on it and none of the comments were Mm -hmm. good (laughs) like which is fine it's it's how it be but like that's incredibly frustrating but what Kayla yeah. was talking about, too, um, is interesting to me because I was thinking about No Man's Sky. Yep. I thought of the same thing. I was thinking of Hello Games and No Man's yeah. Sky and how they were treated. Well, and just mm-hmm. thinking about, like, I-, I read there was that interview with Sean Murray that came out last year, I think, from Kotaku, mm-hmm. um, where they were just kind of talking about, you know, like, the process and, like, why they spent a year, like, basically not talking at all. And, um... It was really interesting because they talked about, you know, he talked about the fact that, like, yeah, they do have a really strong community around that game. And, like, that's who they're making the game for at this point. But, like, ultimately, when that game crashed and burned for the various reasons that it did, like, they put their fucking heads down, stopped talking to press, stopped talking to fans, and just put out the updates. And, like, mm-hmm. I, like, I don't know. I don't want to seem like the person who's like, dev shouldn't have voices because that's not it but i just i don't know i just generally feel like there's something to like like not having to engage with fucking people and just making the thing yeah Yeah. no i mean and like i said i i stand by i think it's just a choice i think there are some people who are equipped to deal with that but like but if i had gotten the shit that hello games got for like so like if i had tried to make something and and that was the response that i got i don't think that i would have the i don't know patience um 
grace <laughs> ability to like stomach how how I was treated. So like I would probably also put my head down and not talk to anybody. And like I think that's a valid choice, yeah. you know, if you well, can't I just, deal with that. I just always think about the fact that they kind of got set up for that shit from the start because Sean mm-hmm. Murray was always in front of people talking about the fucking game. Yeah, and he promised a whole bunch of stuff that they didn't deliver on. And like and I mean he talked about it in that interview where he was like, you know, yeah, we that was like a rookie mistake. We shouldn't have done that. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's at this point, it's up for debate as to whether or not like what part Sony played in that. But like, yeah. ultimately, it's like. I just yeah, I'm like, I just I think. Especially because when you look at other industries, too, I feel like there are so many other industries that like creators are not expected to engage in that way. Or at least not as much. And it just seems like a lot healthier. You know who I wish was yeah. engaging with their art after they've already engaged with their art is is JK it fucking J.K. Rowling? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's the biggest culprit of of somebody doing that, and it's just a mess. Just ruining the thing that um, I love. No, but Caitlin, I know what you mean by that because I feel like it's not like you're upset that there are devs who want to be doing this. I feel no, it's um, just, I just it's more just like there is like in in game dev like development for sure there's this expectation of it and like i think the expectation is unhealthy um like whether because i mean god how many fucking like gaming related conventions are there a year and like you're expected to have something new or like show what you've done at every single one of them yeah you know what i mean like you have you have to have something to present you have to have something to for people to play you have to have like something new um and like that constant pressure and like the sort of like arms race yeah it's become well even i was super messed up thinking about it too earlier today because i was working on um sorting out my pax appointments and like the fact that so many of i mean the one that i'm just getting bombarded with fucking people trying to follow up on pax appointments but two like so many Mm -hmm. people who are like we can we can do an interview we want to do an interview we'll make ourselves available for you to do an interview like all this shit and i'm like i don't like do y'all really yeah. need to do an interview like past a certain point yeah. are you not just showing your game like mm-hmm. and it just i don't know it just feels like so much and i do too i like like i don't know jessica price is a whole fucking other conversation but i do think of the arena net stuff with her and that other dude whose name i can't recall off the top of my head right now um and just the fact that like arena net expected them to be having those conversations and then punish them for doing it and being honest about it on their own personal twitters um Mm -hmm. and just in general yeah like i feel like games has just really really bred this culture of like expecting that constant engagement and i just don't think it's healthy and like again i think like if you want to talk to people whatever but like past this like from what i've gathered from like seeing a lot of devs talk a lot of them don't seem to want to talk to people in that way like like a lot of them seem to want to do like the dev diaries or the newsletters or whatever or show new video footage but like i don't know that i've seen anyone who's like i'm excited to talk to gamers about my fucking game and like have to answer their individual questions and Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe there's folks out there who, like, do feel that way, but I just, I don't know. I feel like from my very, very limited experience, and, like, I don't know, um, I'm just going off of, like, the people who I had appointments at PAX East and, like, I talked to. I think that people genuinely are very excited to, and maybe I just gravitated towards artists because, like, one of the first things I notice about games is, like, the art. 
um, just because I I like things that fit certain aesthetics and like you know, um, and like I would talk to artists a lot and be like, oh, like like for instance, I talked to the the woman who did the art for After Party. I don't remember her last name, but her first name was Claire, and she was super super sweet. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, this kind of reminds me a little bit of like gorillas, and she was like, oh, that's so cool because like that's totally what I was going for. Like they definitely inspired like some of the color scheme and and this and like and then I kind of I went with this way and like she seemed really excited about that um and like that was a fun conversation but do i think that like i don't know when people were sitting there talking about like just what the game was and like oh yeah and then we plan on doing this and this will be supported um you know at this time and then you know two months later we're going to be adding this like that was the stuff that like nobody really seemed like stoked to be talking about like the the nitty-gritty and like yeah well and too like you there's know. a difference in that conversation right because you were having that conversation as like a journalist with an appointment yeah. with a set time as opposed to like imagine if she was expected to have that conversation with every fucking person who played that game at the demo yeah exactly like it just it, and like and not to be like oh games journalists are like better than the average gamer but it's a different situation like it's a different setting like you're you're literally making an appointment and saying like hey we're setting a meeting where you can talk to me about what you want to talk about and I can view the yeah. game and I can ask you about stuff versus like just having fucking randos being able to come at you all the time to talk mm-hmm. about shit. I imagine for some people, and this might even be the type of people who are the ones hitting you up being like, hey, I want to do an interview or something. Or do you have time for an interview? Um, like there's that like sense of control of like you know wanting to know like what people are going to write about and being like, oh, well, if I could just explain this, like maybe you know this mechanic in the game won't seem like as weird or something because there's that self-consciousness too you know what i mean like there were times when i was playing a game and like the dev would be standing next to me and like you know oh this is the reason why we did this like just like defending their choices sometimes um you know what i mean and i was like oh okay like that that makes sense but i feel like there's like that sort of like control that people want to have over their product you know what i mean which is because god like i've even done that writing yeah oh absolutely i I mean i've done that writing stuff before like i've watched somebody edit my shit and they'll like get to a paragraph and i'm like oh like before they even say anything i'm like oh this is why i did this because i'm gonna go into this later you know it's like that natural like i have to justify this i have to like you know i want them to get it yeah and i get that to a degree too but at the same time i feel like that for me goes back into the death of the author stuff of like and kind of the like the conversation that we were having about like criticism and like what people are willing to engage with because like Once that shit's Mm -hmm. out of your hands, the conversation is out of your hands. And that's kind of the point is, like, you can make whatever you want and have whatever intent you want. But at the end of the day, like, folks are going to read it differently. And, like, Mm -hmm. it's going to be personal to them and their experience. And, like, Mm -hmm. so ultimately, like, you're never going to have control of that. And so, Mm -hmm. like, I don't really know where I was going with that other than, like, I just think trying to have control over those conversations is kind of futile because, like, ultimately you don't. And usually when devs do try to have control over those situations, we get the situation like that fucking awful Ghost Recon Wildlands article, which was trash. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now you just kind of and like I it's almost like to me, the best experience is playing a game at PAX um, were when like I went in not necessarily having the dev right there and I could just play and interact with it because I feel like you kind of lose I don't know the authenticity of it, I guess, when like somebody is explaining it all to you, um, you know, you just want to like, like 
this is the game that I just opened. I'm taking it out of the wrapper and now I'm going to play it. And like, this is my impression. Um, like, that's kind of what I wanted, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. Like, it's cool. I love talking to devs. Like, I don't want to make it sound like I don't because I do. It's really cool and I respect what they do and it's it's awesome. But um, I don't know, especially mechanically. I feel like if you're sitting there, like, defending what you do because, like, you think it doesn't make sense or something like that, you know, like, maybe stop defending it and just, like, observe the people playing it and, like, think of feedback or something. You know what I mean? Because, like, if you have to explain the game to somebody, it's concerning because not everybody who buys this game is going to have that explanation. Yeah, and past a certain point, you just gotta let people experience it. But I feel like that's part... Like, yeah. I feel like that ties back into, like... That just reminded me of the Mass Effect thing where it feels like people want that explanation to a degree that's, like, toxic. Yeah. Mm. or if they do get the explanation there and it's not the explanation they want then they're pissed Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense what do you think kayla (laughs) Uh, (laughs) no yeah i don't know i mean it's a lot it's a lot when we talk like all i'm thinking about is the same thing of like entitlement and everything especially like if we're, if we're talking about like PAX games and people coming out there I kind of like I would much rather like play the game and observe it myself than have somebody kind of like breathing down my neck and being like this is this and this but like I also understand maybe the devs are really excited about it and they're trying to show off their game because mm-hmm. they don't like they're talking to potential people who are going to be promoting their game for them especially when we think about like all the indie games that are at PAX so, like I get it um but mm, it also kind of sure. feels like they're always in need of defending their choices to people who probably shouldn't be criticizing them anyway but but yeah yeah for sure no i think that like that's totally and like that's why it's like i don't want people to think i'm like frustrated with devs explaining this it's not like i'm like mad like hey back off i want to just play your game leave me alone like i do i feel like actually genuinely bad like that it they're like I don't know there's like this point where like they feel like they need to do that um because they get so much shit for it if they don't um i don't know it's just weird like the expectations we have of like game makers are just fucking weird and backwards like whether it's you know explaining all of their things which we talked about whether it's like having new stuff to promote and play at every single event you know throughout the year um another weird thing (laughs) um or, uh, God, we talked about something else, too. Well, no, I guess just, like, crunch in general and, like, working conditions. Just, like, the like, shit that people are expected to go through. It's wild. They're expected to go through it, too, because, I mean, obviously, like, fuck the man. Like, that's, like, their main reason. But, like, when you think about it, it's because of the fandoms and fans and things like that. Like, they have to constantly be putting up updates and marketing to everybody. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're crunching the numbers because they're trying to get it out because people are crazy and people will start going after them online for not having the game out on time and things like that and it's just mm-hmm. back to that of people not being great sometimes yeah yeah well and i was thinking too just now just kind of triggered my memory of like going back to the like explaining and defending your choices thing i feel like there's another there's like a shittier side of it too where like that just reminded me of the fucking e3 cyberpunk shit and how like 
when people came at them for that, they had an explanation and it fucking sucked. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like it's just it's just another thing where like past a certain point, just make the fucking choice like and just stick with the choice. If it's a shitty choice, Mm -hmm. people will call you out on it. And, like, that's Mm -hmm. fine. But, like, always trying to come back and, like, be ready and, like, anticipate and be reactionary I don't think is a good way to contribute to the conversation either. Mm Mm-hmm. No, and especially it's, like, so many times it feels like it's just defending yourself. And, like, God, um, you're right with, um with cyberpunk and like the other thing that comes to mind is is fucking overwatch and blizzard um like the whole stuff with farah being like having the native american skin and then they later were like she's not just egyptian she's also half native american like to justify having those skins and it's like you really expect people to buy that shit like you really like really like that was from the beginning from her inception like really well people did though like that's the thing that's frustrating about uh, blizzard and overwatch is that people fucking just eat that shit up it's it's like I just don't like I God I played Overwatch today even okay like I like Overwatch it's a fun game the characters are I don't know there's a lot of shit that I hate about it but um just in terms of like choices they've made uh the Farah being or the Farah choice being one of them but um I don't know yeah it's just frustrating and like I don't buy it for a second no no it's 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 full of shit it's just it's defending and backtracking it's like and it's it sucks when you have people like cd project red um and uh fucking blizzard who like don't own up to like making mistakes it's just an excuse like and that kind of ties into the explaining yourself and like i don't know it's just it's fake bullshit um to make yourself look good yeah well and it's frustrating i'm sorry i just can't I know there's a lot of differing opinions on the cyberpunk shit from like, you know, trans folks and whatever. And like, so I'm not, I'm not coming at it from that angle, but I still just can't get over that PR person being like, yeah, it's about how bodies are manipulated and, and exploited by being on part of advertisements. And it's like, yeah, that's called being a model. Like, what do you, what, what, like, Mm -hmm. are you criticizing the modeling industry? Are you criticizing the advertising industry like you're literally just defining both of those things without giving any form of criticism or like where is the satire in being like yeah we use people's bodies to sell products yeah yeah no i mean like that's one of the things with like the genre of like cyberpunk in general and like science fiction and like I don't know. And like in this game, I kind of see it too. Sometimes it seems like there's a lot of edginess without there necessarily being any meaning behind it. Um, Like, and that's just something that I see in cyberpunk, like uh, just in general, like I said, I'm not even saying specifically the game. It's just like kind of something tied into that genre. It's like, we're, you know, critiquing society and like the way, like this is the vision for the future based on how we act now in certain ways. Like that's, that's all science fiction is. It's kind of like a, a subgenre of horror. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, what if this scenario happened and kept going on? Like, how would the world be? Um, and sometimes it's just the the message, the meaning, and the criticism isn't very clear, or it's not there. I feel like people are just pretending, or it's that it not is. there. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I feel like cyberpunk. I'm really scared they're gonna t- like fall into that because it seems like that's the case. I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know. Bruce, hi. Yes, I know that you're whiny today. <laughs> I, I'm whiny today, too. It's okay. Jess, what is the best fan fiction that you've ever read? Ooh. Um, God, I don't even fucking know. Um, you know what's funny is, like, I've never, whenever I read fan fiction, I just kind of, like, go on and, like, read it. I don't, like, really remember them. It's not like I save authors and I'm like, oh, I really love this person's work and, like, I want to see the other stuff. There is, like, a really good, like, (laughs) Loki one that I read once. (laughs) (laughs) So, I guess that's up there. Um, I don't know. I've read some good Overwatch smutty things before. Well, all the fan fiction I read is pretty smutty, honestly. Yeah. Uh, there was one Overwatch one I read about uh, Reaper. That <laughs> 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 was pretty good. <laughs> what about you, Kayla? <laughs> um, bringing it back to the Harry Potter fandom, mm. I used to read these fan fiction. I don't remember what they were called, but it was all about Hermione and Draco get in together and draco yeah that's the big ship and wait on twitter on fucking twitter tom felton and emma watson were hanging out this week i don't know if anybody saw Mm -hmm. it but i was like i did my god it's (laughs) happening the hermione and draco like ship that i've always wanted that i've always needed is happening and it's just brought so many Mm -hmm. memories of my fan fiction days because i don't really read fan fiction anymore but when i did yeah it was very saucy and it was always them too i didn't like any of the harry stuff i was like not into it but all the draco stuff no the hermione draco i read some of those and they're good and like honestly i think it's this it's the reason why in uh my hero academia i totally ship uraraka and bakugo (laughs) because it's like the same type of dynamic and I don't know. It's like, yeah, her and Deku, cute. But her and Bakugo, mm, like that. And, like, when we were talking uh, about making fan fiction and things like that about, like, real people and, like, what it does to them, it's like, her, like, Emma Watson and Tom Felton, like, did not hang out that much because they knew people shipped them and it made them uncomfortable. So, like, many years later, like, now they're, like, hanging out and, like, posting pictures and stuff. And it's like, damn, like, y'all could have been, like, BFFs and, like, we ruined that for y'all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that sucks. That is weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Caitlin, do you God, I remember... Pick? Oh, bitch. Please. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, when I was an angsty, an angsty teen gay with no outlet for that, I read a fuck ton of fan fiction. Sometimes I still read it, just <laughs> randomly. Sometimes I'm like, you know, what? I'll just take a trip. Which, uh, what fandoms did you dabble in? Um, I used to write Harry Potter fan fiction. Um, Ooh. I a lot of it, actually. And then, God, what else? Um, what was it about? Uh, God, it was, like, some fucking OC character being an angsty Slytherin or some shit. Um, <laughs> I don't remember the plot. I don't think it was a very good plot. Um, <laughs> And then let's see here. Uh, dabbled in Victoria's fan fiction for a while. Ooh. Yeah, that was good. Uh, I think you told me about that before. Elizabeth Gillies can fucking get it. Um, oh fuck yeah, yeah, buried. I don't even know who that is. She plays Jade on Victorious. 
Wait, we have literally had, I'm having deja vu because I think that we had the same conversation. I was like, I don't know who that is. And then you told me to look her up and she's like, it was Jade and she's edgy looking. And I was like, oh yeah, she's cute. She's real hot. And then, let's yeah. see, I definitely read a lot of Glee fan fiction when Santana was like gay. Ooh-hoo. I've read a lot of uh, Poison Ivy fan fiction. Like, a, mm. like Oh God, I didn't even think about like Batman. A lot of Poison Ivy fan fiction. Like, truly a disgusting amount of Poison Ivy fanfiction. Yeah. Um, my favorite fanfiction is a Poison Ivy fanfiction. No, I feel like a dumbass because, like, I didn't even think about I Batman. I was really Batman surprised when you absolutely didn't absolutely Batman. Number one thing that I've read fanfiction on is absolutely Batman. I've written, like, a lot of Batman fanfiction. <laughs> um, yeah. No, Batman for sure. God, I'm stupid. Will you link um, the fanfiction the, in the description for myself and other people? Or you, like, don't want people to see your fanfiction? Oh, it's, it's not published. Oh, oh okay, okay. okay. I, I, I write it for myself. I think some of mine was, I think some of mine was published, but good lord if I could find it. I don't, I would have to really I, I had Final Fantasy VII fanfiction that was, pop, like, that was on Quizilla. I want to say <laughs> of all the places. <laughs> yeah. so this, is a was a for, this is for anybody listening. Try to go find the fan fiction that we have written. Oh god. This is really just for you Ooh. two because I've never written fan fiction, so oh. I'm just calling y'all I'm out. Trying to think. I know um, that I I know that I had a victorious fan fiction that was out for a while that I eventually gave up on. That's niche. We gotta be able and to find that one. I you guys. know that there the Harry Potter one I wrote was also I think it was on HarryPotterFanfiction.net. Oh God, I'd have to look. I might I used to hand write it all out in a composition notebook before I like put it online. I have a billion composition notebooks on my bookshelf, so I might still have it, maybe? I love that you also used to handwrite it. I didn't handwrite all of them, but there was a, the Final Fantasy VII one that I did have, like, 20 chapters of up. Um, it was it was a Vincent Valentine one, and I did use to handwrite that, and then I would put it online. Bruce? Uh, yeah, I need to look and see if I still have those notebooks. If I do... Then I could figure out. Pro- I could probably find it online because I don't. I don't remember what it was called. Is the main thing because I don't remember my like fan fiction fucking username. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I'll see what I can do. If y'all internet detectives can fucking sleuth it, good on you. But I just I feel like I can't even give clues because I genuinely don't remember enough. <laughs> Dig through those those composition notebooks. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll see what we can find. <laughs> um, God, I hope that my Final Fantasy VII. One, I think Quizilla is dead, so like I think that it is also dead, and that is for the best. <laughs> I I, w- I would not want to see that. It is just probably fucking horrific. I uh, didn't know that Quizilla could even host fanfiction. Oh yeah, no, that was like a big place when I was younger. Like that was my friend and I um used to to read and write fan fiction on there. Uh she wrote Kingdom Hearts fan fiction. Oh, I've definitely written Kingdom Hearts fan fiction. I don't think I ever I I was gonna say No, I definitely have. I've I don't think I've ever posted it online. Yeah. I would have been genuinely shocked if you hadn't reading some Axel fanfic. Like, link me to that. 
I always I think this is am... read fanfic on Tumblr, by the way. Like that's oh, wow. where I found my fanfic. Interesting. Yeah. Um I definitely every fanfiction I've ever written has been OCs. I don't like writing other people's characters. I was yeah, I wanted to ask Kayla, are you do you like OCs or do you just use characters already established? Characters already established. Unless I unless there are some really good ones where it's like the OC but is like like a point of view kind of thing. So it's like you. Like those I was like reading. I was like, oh my god, like I read one with Harry Styles once and was like, oh my god, it's me. I'm with Harry. Um <laughs> so so yeah. I mean like I haven't read a shit ton of fan fiction, but like the ones that I have read have been like the original characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always been original character per, or not well, I guess like OCs, um like author's original character. Um I don't know why. I don't know what that says. Yeah, I I've only ever written about OCs. Oh, I used to write Avatar fanfiction too. Like The Last Airbender? Yes, not the Blue Aliens. Okay. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> if I was just like a secret Avatar James Cameron's <laughs> Avatar stand? That would be fantastic, honestly. That would be that, but it wouldn't surprise me with you. It's like, that's the thing. Is like, I know how you feel about B-movies. It's not so. the same, Jess. <laughs> They're different brands of bad. <laughs> I don't know. Nothing. Nothing's off the table with you, Caitlin. <laughs> oh, There's an oeuvre, God. all right? There's an oeuvre of bad things <laughs> that I enjoy, and I am honestly offended. Oh... I wanted to make God. a Vine reference, but I stopped myself. No, please do. I love Vine I references. Caitlin just said something, and all I thought was, I've never been to Uvu Javar. Uvu Javar. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I thought, too. <laughs> Who is the hottest Uber driver? <laughs> um, God. Yeah. Uh, and that, that brings us back to memes, right? Fire Emblem memes. It's really good. I don't know. I guess, like, that's kind of what inspired this whole topic for me is I was, like, I'm just, I'm so invested in Fire Emblem right now. And so much of it is, like, the memes and the culture that's, like, surrounding it. Even more, because, like, like, we talked about this at the very beginning. The game is not as horny as the culture surrounding it. (laughs) It's not. Uh, Not at all. And that's why I feel like I need the fan fiction because I was lied to. Exactly. The memes and Twitter made me believe I was going to be fucking some of my students or something like i was like all into this right (laughs) Um, and then no you get like one like real romance scene at the end which i did when i finished the game by the way i did go to youtube and watch every single end scene even though i'm replaying the game two other times because i just had to know like which one was the best Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but yeah no i need the fan now i'm like i need it yeah yeah, you need that continuation. That's kind of how I felt, too. It's like, I need the memes. I need the fan fiction. I need, like, the continuation because, like, the game didn't give me all I wanted. <laughs> I'm not going to, like, send them death threats, but it's like, I just I just need some more, man. I just need, need my fix. DLC, please. Yeah. Give us a thirsty DLC. No, no, like, that's – I was talking to Andrew about it. He hasn't finished the game yet, so I didn't, like, spoil too much. But, like, I, I love the game. I really, really do. But it's, like, I feel like – Fire Emblem is probably going to be my game of the year, but it's frustrating because, like, it could have been incredible and, like, one of my top favorite games of all time. Um, But I just feel like there are so many, like, missed opportunities with it. You know what I mean? 
I don't know. Yeah, I say I don't know if you feel the same way, but I totally do. Um, But yeah, and like one of them is like the relationships in it and like the character building there. Like they have such great characters. Like I just wish there was like more there, more like social events, more like (sighs) romance, more just more there. Um, You know, I don't care if it would have taken another two years to get the game out. It would have been like so worth it and fantastic. Uh, Um, I don't know. But yeah, fan fiction kind of fills that hole. That sounds really gross in the context <laughs> of this conversation. Fill it. Fill it up. Fill that hole. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't know. It's like, I think, so I chose Golden Deer House and I went with Claude. And um, his personality, like, that I guess has been thrust upon him by the fans is fucking hilarious to me. Because he's just like, I don't know, an urban meme king. <laughs> He, like, the whole, like, you know, wearing socks with Adidas slides and, like, being kind of dumb but endearing. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it, and, like, Sylvain, I think, even kind of has that, too, with, like, his personality kind of comes out more and, I don't know. I don't know. Um, It's interesting. Speaking about, like, meme culture and fandoms, I don't even know if this counts, but I would just like to complain about the internet for a solid, like, minute. <laughs> Um, about yeah. like, a month and a half ago, Popeyes came out with this chicken sandwich, and the internet <laughs> oh, no. did not. The internet did not know about it about a month and a half ago. I'm from Louisiana, so I knew about it immediately, and I love me a chicken sandwich. So I have been eating this chicken sandwich, um, unapologetically, like maybe once or twice a week. That's awful, but it has been happening. My body hates me. It's fine, but you know what? Now. Anytime I drive past the Popeyes, there are cars out into the street in the drive-thru because <laughs> Twitter and meme culture put out the word and now everybody and their fucking brothers wants a Popeye's chicken sandwich and I can't get it anymore. So I just want to complain for a second about Twitter culture and now everybody's going to eat the chicken sandwich and I get it. Y'all got to experience it. But what about me? What about my needs? <laughs> I'm sorry, I contributed to this, like, I think, what, fucking yesterday I was trying to get that sandwich, so, and I couldn't, because apparently they're sold out within an hour radius of where I live. that's very funny, because I also wanted to try the chicken sandwich, um, and I did it very easily, because apparently no one in Colorado cares. Yeah, no, apparently, like, people are just, like, fucking nuts about it here in Sacramento, so. Yeah, no, I went and got one yesterday for lunch. And it was fine. There was no one else in the driveway. It's, it was totally fine. See, I'm, I'm jealous. I'm I gotta go to Colorado. This screenshot of uh, me eating a chicken sandwich from Popeyes on July 16th and being so excited about this sandwich. I took a picture of it because <laughs> I was real hyped for it. July 16th. And I have had one at least once a week since. And now I can't have need- one anymore because... They're sold out and people are going nuts for them. And I'm a little upset about it. So that's fair. You know, that's fair. Maybe that makes me an entitled Popeye's lover. And maybe it does, but you should, you should write death threats to Popeye's. (laughs) Oh, I could never. Oh no, I could never. It'd be like the fucking people who did that with the Szechuan sauce uh, for McDonald's. The fucking right. Rick and Morty fans. Oh my god, there's literally a topic for all the entitled people. Even fast food yeah. chains. 
<laughs> God, maybe people are just terrible. Maybe we just need to get rid of people. <laughs> we probably should. Maybe that's the secret. But like, ooh, uh, also, the Amazon that... rainforest is on fire and global yeah. warming. So yeah, we really just need to get rid of the people. <laughs> people were a mistake. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Uh yeah, that sandwich looks fucking great. I'm not gonna it, lie. That's that is a chicken the sandwich. Chicken is they give you so much chicken. Like I don't even know why people even compete with Chick Fil A. First of all, homophobic as fuck. Why are y'all eating at Chick Fil A? Second of all, yeah. um, look at that little ass chicken patty that Chick Fil A yeah. drops on you. I don't fucking get. I don't. I don't get the Chick Fil A love. I like. I genuinely do not get it. Like I, I don't like. First of all, just like I said, terrible. Like you said, terrible company. Um, and also like, yeah, it's like you can have the same quality of chicken sandwich at a cafeteria. I feel like it's just like <laughs> yes. a chicken patty on a very basic ass bun with some pickles. Yeah, no, Popeyes. Like is I don't get it. Made with love. I can tell you. <laughs> I am from Louisiana, and I'm gonna say it. Like it is made with love. You will walk into a Popeyes, and like you might get cursed out, but like you know that that sandwich was made with love. No matter what. And it doesn't have to be like, my pleasure. Thank you so much. It's like, wh- I don't fucking need that. I need my food and I need to know. That's fake love, man. Yeah, that's like no. the, that's the three months, four months of dating love. Like, I want the fucking like five year deep, like. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's what you get at Popeye's. So, mm. love and respect Popeye's, but also can y'all just like <laughs> chill? Like, let me have one more sandwich. Like, just chill out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i i love this we should actually just do our podcast on um oh chicken sandwiches Fuck and food <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a noise she's a monster she's a fucking yeah. monster she screams at me every i'm leaving this in <laughs> i'm leaving this all in people need to know what i fucking go through she fucking I has like knees <laughs> no it's a dog it's a fucking six pound chihuahua <laughs> that looks like gizmo from the fucking gremlins and she's a monster she stop it you wanted to come in here you wanted to be in the bed now you're yelling at me i'm sick of your shit I accidentally got gremlins and Furbies mixed up yesterday. I'm sorry? <laughs> they're similar, like gremlins and Furbies. Like, I like they I was trying to make a joke similar, about, like, not yeah. eating I mean, after, like, midnight or something. Childhood items. Yeah. I yeah, I was, like, making a joke to Andrew. I'm like, it's like a, like a Furby. You can't feed it after midnight. And he was like, what? I'm like, I mean, gremlin. Same difference, though. I was, as a child, I was fucking terrified of Furbies. Like, so I remember. I. Wait, wait. Let's really? Talk about it. Why was there a phenomenon <laughs> with, like, us all having Furbies as children? Because I had one, and it was Yeah, scary. and no one wanted them, and they were all fucking they were haunted. Scary. They were horrifying. Did you ever take, like, the skin off of it? Like, the no, furry it's a little too far. Um, <laughs> no, it was horrifying. No, but, my, no, just I, in general, they scared me, I the batteries me, out of mine, and it would still talk. But their eyes would still fucking move around and shit. Yeah, they had like mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. They had like a solar battery or something because I would take that shit out and it would still fucking talk and move. Yeah. No, I remember my one of my vivid memories from childhood. Like so I <clears throat> I lived in England from like when I was 5 through 10. And uh we went to France at some point and I remember like my parents it was like really late and we were just trying to find some sort of like food or whatever. And we ended up finding a McDonald's. They were sort of like, what the fuck ever, let's just go to McDonald's. And we went there and the toys that they were giving away were like miniature Furbies. And like 
I remember going on this trip and getting that toy and like just being horrified and like crying at one point because like it started singing and like it was it was in French and and it was just an experience. I don't know. Whereas it wasn't even in French because it's just Furby language. I don't fucking know. But like it was that Furby scarred me. Um, And I remember like taking batteries out of it or something, too. And it just like kept going. And we eventually just had to like throw it in the trash somewhere. There's this trend. Jess, have um, you seen it on TikTok? Have you seen the long Furbies on TikTok? The long what? Furbies? I think I have. It sounds yeah, familiar. It's I feel like, like Erica it's showed like, it to me. I, I was telling Ginny about it because Ginny claims to love cursed things. but So it's, it caused me to play chicken with her on that a lot as yeah, to where yeah. the line truly is. Um, I haven't sent them to her yet because I do truly think it would ruin her. Um, but mm-hmm. they're like Furbies and they look like normal Furbies in the, like the, the head area, but then they're just really fucking long. Like, I don't know how they did it, but they just made their bodies <laughs> super long, like fucking pool noodles. And it's, <laughs> and they just ha- make like really weird, bizarre TikTok videos with them. And it's just a lot. Yeah, I definitely have seen those before, but it's been a while. I'm gonna have to look it up. Yeah, again. just like look up, just look up long Furbies, and I'm mm-hmm. sure you will find them. Oh, good. Oh, good. That, that goes for everybody, listeners included. If you just really want to have a <laughs> bad time, Furbies. yeah, long Furbies. That's your guys' homework. Is everybody Google long Furbies? Yeah, and then you can tweet at me about how mad you are. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You can at me. For that, I accept. I accept responsibility for that. Can I just say, I've only been on two episodes, and I fucking love how like off the rails that we get. Like, how do we go from talking about like fan fiction to like entitled gamers to Furbies? Because it's great. I we, love welcome it. to Palette Fire on all cylinders. <laughs> I do think you add a little like... bit of extra chaos to it. I'm not gonna lie. Well, I love that. But we we do tend to just fucking drive off the beaten path and just go wherever the wind takes us. See, here's the thing, and listeners, I think you'll agree with this. And also, this is just something that you should have figured out by now. When we have a guest on, it's a little bit more straightforward. Yeah, we're a little bit I more feel. serious because it's like, well, yeah, honestly, like with the exception of like, like I guess like Lilith is one thing because like we're all friends and we can all be kind of stupid together and that's whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. But like when it's like when it's like a Dia or an Emma from Game Workers, it's like these are these are people yeah. that we um, respect and admire in the industry and are having on to talk about serious TM topics and like we're not out here trying to waste their time, but like. The, th- the three to four of us all together, it's kind of like, yeah, it's just kind of a free-for-all. <laughs> yeah. For real. And I like it. It's fun. I it's love good it. stuff. Uh, next time on our next episode, we, we should have a guest. Should be a little bit more. I don't know. It's going to be very different from this, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna, August August was a little bit of a break for y'all. Um, and for us. Trying to, yeah, trying to ease up before PAX, because that's going to be a whole thing. Not for me, I'm not going, but No, but you get for y'all. But you get to see me right after. I do. And that is oh, I'm so excited about that. I'm so I'm very excited. Um we'll have to do something 
I don't know, content related while you're out here. I feel weird saying that, but like, do something fun, whether it be just like us doing a stupid stream in my living room or something. I don't know. Be fun. Figure it out. Hell yeah. Um, so I think, <laughs> I think that's going to do it for us uh, this time. Jess, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me at Twitter at Jessicogs. That's J-E-S-S-A-C-O-G-S. Oh, hi, Bruce. <laughs> that was that was that was Bruce. Um, and Twitter is pretty much my home. So I mean, I'm on Instagram, same name, but Twitter's basically it. So that's me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh Kayla, where can people find you on the internet hi um yeah twitter is my main my main spot of just retweeting dumb shit it's um at okayla so oa i don't know where the a came from just live with it it's at oa k-a-y-l-a okayla that's me um you could follow me on instagram if you want like i'll take the likes um but yeah <laughs> <laughs> I like how like Kayla and I are both just like Twitter is our is our main our main man, but uh Twitter is the is the side bitch. Get in, get in, or not Twitter, uh Instagram. Yeah, get in that little self promo, like go like my selfies. They need some love. Yeah. I'll like your selfies, Kayla. Oh, Don't you already like her selfies? Yeah. Yes, but I will I'll make more accounts. Just, like <laughs> just make a hundred bot accounts just to like <laughs> Kayla's selfies. Yeah. That's true love. Um, Honestly, if it's it just, just the does clones. that, just give the it, clones only that's... we will make Jessica clones for the sole purpose of liking my Instagram. And that is Popeye's. I love level that's love. the only that's the only reason that Kayla would say that clones don't have to go to prison. No, that's if they're, yeah, liking they, her they're gonna go Instagram. to prison and that's, and like that's the just way what for they them do to get out of prison is to like enough pictures. No, it's just like instead of like making license plate or like what is our what are those called? Um like the plates on cars. License yeah, yeah. plates. That is what they're called. I don't know why I thought that was wrong. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> you said it and then you no, said no, funny. and I was like, what else is she talking about? <laughs> it sounded wrong. I don't know. Listen. Yeah. I don't know. But um instead of doing that, they <laughs> just have to fucking be in the Instagram minds for Kayla. <laughs> And now the gamers, though, when the gamers go to prison, it's quite the opposite. It's you have to scroll through a feed of of women streamers and gamers uh, like Instagram photos and Twitter posts and stuff like that. And you can't reply with anything fucking stupid or creepy. Yeah, I really wish that we we I really, really wish that someone had recorded the uh, slightly drunk conversation that Monty and I had with Jarrett about what gamer prison actually entails. Um, it would be <laughs> oh it yeah, would be kind of incriminating for me because I'm pretty sure I was like honestly I support the prison industrial complex in this context, um, but I think I would still probably stand by it. I just wish I remembered the ideas. <laughs> we can get you in that place oh, again. Yes. I'm sure I will be uh, very much in that place <laughs> next week. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where can we find you, Kayla? Uh, you can find me on twitter.com at CG and 8Rs. And Palin Around is a product of Uppercut, which you can find on all social media at Uppercut Crit and UppercutCrit.com. 
uh, speaking of Instagram, we have a dope Instagram run by our lovely Monty. Um, she's back on the horse with that and she's doing dope shit. So definitely check that out. Um, and uh, if you want to hang out with the Uppercut crew and our various friends, you can join our Discord server. The link is in the episode description. And if you like the show, please be sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever else you listen to podcasts, but especially iTunes. And I think that's it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Welcome to Very Random Encounters, where we play tabletop RPGs and randomly determine as much as possible. Remember playing with Legos and swapping the people's heads and limbs to create horrid abominations that God forgot? Our show is what it would be like if those rejected attempts at the human form had to go out and save the day. We turn the nonsense into a story with a nice message, like how friendship is stronger than a mind-controlled goblin jazz band. Hey, that's a thing that really happened. Find Very Random Encounters wherever you randomly determine to listen to podcasts.